Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning and welcome to our devotionals. As we carry on through 1 Thessalonians, it's great to have you uh, here this morning with me as we carry on through. Um, so we're in 1 Thessalonians 5 uh, this morning still. Um, and this morning, I just want to look at one verse. It's one verse, but there's a lot in it to chew on. And so actually me and Andy are going to take the next few days to just chew over what this um, this one verse has to say. Uh, but it's, it's this, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 14. And it says this, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. So let me read that again. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Now, as Andy shared yesterday, um, this section has kind of been opened up by, by the church being addressed as like a family. And like a family, there are different members with different roles and different things going on within the family. Sometimes you have a family where everyone is good and one person is uh, causing a scene or upset, or you have everyone upset when one person's having a whale of a time. And so different uh, situations happen in families and and so the family has to act um, accordingly and, and meet to whatever is going on. And so what we find in this verse as we come into this verse is we now move into the whole topic of how do we address people who are feeling different or who are experiencing something different to us. And so it's kind of about how we apply pastoral care but what you get is, as you go through, is that there are different categories of people listed. There are the idle, the faint-hearted, the weak, and then just the all of them. Now, the point of this is, when people are hurting or struggling or not doing right in different ways, we have to apply different uh, ointments to those situations. It's not one size fits all. It's not if someone is starting to wander or not being uh, as active in church. It's always the same thing. We have to go and apply the same thing every time. It's not one size fits all. It's it's different contexts. Um, in fact, in, in another, in a, on a separate subject, you find in, um, in 1 Corinthians and in Ephesians, this image of the church being a body. Church, uh, and bodies have different body parts. That's the, the main point. And but the, what he's, the point he isn't making, which I'd like to make, is body parts also suffer differently and have to be attended to differently. I mean, for instance, if you had a problem with your foot and you had um, really dry skin or something, you might be offered some foot cream from your doctor. If you came back to the doctor with a broken arm, he wouldn't say, well, I already gave you the foot cream. He'd put it in a sling. And that's really how we have to think about um, different things going on at church. We aren't just applying the same ointment to um, every situation the same. 
there are different um, methods, different things we need to do, different ways we need to approach people, different ways to apply the same pastoral care to people in the church who are struggling differently. The other thing to note, to note as I say this, is notice this isn't addressed to the leaders in the church. This isn't addressed to just the elders who have the responsibility to look after people. This is actually uh, addressed, Paul says, we urge you, brothers and sisters. This is to the whole church. It's the whole church's responsibility to care for one another and to look after one another, to see when they see a brother or sister fall down, to pick them up. And so this really is a challenge for all of us listening and for the whole wider church. This is not just for the leaders. This is an us, not a we. The church helps the church as a family. We are a family and we struggle together, we suffer together, we rejoice together. Now this morning I'd just like to focus on that first category we have, admonish the idol. Now as I was just saying we have different things going on uh, here, for instance the faint-hearted are to be encouraged. You're not supposed to encourage the idol, you're supposed to admonish them. And uh, the word used here for idol is an interesting word, actually. Uh, as, as I say, most translations do have the word idol, but it's actually, the, so there's a phrase that we have, um, hapax legomena. Uh, if, in case you don't know what that is, a hapax legomenon is a, where you have a literary work where a word only appears once. So for instance, uh, in Hamlet, uh, Shakespeare um, mentions a type of poison. That's the only time in all of Shakespeare's work where he mentions that poison. And so it's a hapax legomenon. Now, this word here for idol is also a hapax legomenon. And as you can imagine, when a word only appears once in an ancient, um, in an ancient work, it makes it quite hard to know how to translate it because we have no one else using it, so we can't compare how they're using it. But the word used is, uh, is ataktos, and it's two words kind of put together. So taktos is a military term. It's where we get the word tactics. So when something is very tactical, it comes from this Greek word taktos, and that means good, ordered, uh, or, or, or in line, and appointed well. So for instance, that word might be used when a, when a day is set aside, when that's a, a, an appointed day, or when things are in good order, they're in taktos. And what Paul's done is he's just stuck an A on the front of it um, to make it a not tactos. So, for instance, words like aseptic means no germs or anonymous means no name. Uh, it's something that you do in Greek. You put an A on the front. So ataktos is the word he uses here for idle. And so it means uh, unordered, undisciplined, uh, out of line. And again, this word is, is used in, in other places, I say not in the Bible but in other places to refer to uh, soldiers who are not falling in line, who are not um, standing where they're supposed to do during drill, who are kind of doing their own thing and are being a bit idle. And so the word isn't just idle in terms of um, not really up to much. It's more about being idle because they're doing their own thing, because they're not standing in line, because they're being unruly, unordered. In fact, in your Bibles, if you look in your footnotes, it probably says, there's probably a little footnote for this word, or disorderly or undisciplined. It's that kind of image, someone who doesn't really fall in line. Now, 
The church's responsibility to respond to that kind of person is to exhort them, to encourage them, to, to counsel, to warn them, to admonish them. That's the word that's used, to admonish them, to stop being unruly, undisciplined, to stop falling out of line, to stand in line with the church. Stop doing your own thing. Fall back in line. You can imagine soldiers when they're all in line doing drill very nicely and one person's out. They're going, come back in line with the rest of us. Now, the word admonish obviously isn't a soft word. That's not a word we use for uh, encouraging someone who's a bit down. Admonishing isn't sitting down with a cup of tea and having a nice soft chat with someone and saying, how are you doing? Admonishing is quite a forceful word. It means like the soldiers standing in line saying, get back in line. That's uh, the challenge, I think, especially for English Christians to actually see uh, unruliness, undisciplinedness, and say, you have a responsibility to be walking in line with what God's called us to do, to admonish. It's quite challenging, really. Um, but it's also a chance for us to reflect as a church God's attributes. In fact, I'm not going to uh, steal Andy's thunder, but as we go through all of these four points to admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all, I think each one of these is Paul taking one of God's attributes and applying it to how the church should be uh, should be behaving. And what I mean by that is, as we're growing in Christ-likeness, we want to see more of what God is like. Now, one of the principal ways that the Bible describes God is God is a God of order. Uh, one of the uh, ways that the church has described themselves historically is ordinary. And they've talked about ordinances. And when someone becomes a pastor, it's called ordination. And we refer to uh, baptism and communion and preaching of the word as uh, as the ordinary means of grace. The, the reason I'm saying this is because historically the church has understood that order is a huge part of the church's identity because it's God's church and God is a God of order. He's order and so he brings order and that's where we get the word ordinary, ordinance, um, ordination, all of those things. Now we shouldn't think of ordinary in terms of just plain. Ordinary means according to good structure. And so if we care about that good structure, if we care about uh, seeing God's attributes demonstrated in our church, then we should be bothered when people are unruly or undisciplined and falling out of line. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. You see, the, the, the things that are put opposite each other are disorder and peace. And then seven verses down, finishing off the section on how they come together in worship, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14, All things should be done decently and in order. This is part of the identity of the church, to be good and orderly. And so disorder really should be a problem. Um, we should, should be something that we recognize and want to see uh, replaced. Now, the challenge for all of us is uh, we shouldn't be thinking of the disorderly people out there because this is a, to admonish is to bring someone back for a one-time thing. It's not describing people who are always disorderly. And so the challenge for us is there might be a time where we are behaving quite disorderly and quite out of line. And the rest of the soldiers are saying to us, get back in line. And so we need to be ready to hear that admonishment if it comes, but also to be living in such a way 
that we're that we are according to God's good order, that we are doing the things which God has established. For instance, one of the things in 1 Thessalonians is working hard. You know, one of the reasons I think the idol is quite a good translation of this word is because one of the key ways in, in Thessalonica, at least, that the disorder is being shown is by people not working, by people not using their hands, by people not uh, getting involved and relying on everyone else. They're not falling in line with what God has decided uh, with what God has uh, established brother and uh, so there we have it we should admonish the idol that is what we are urged to do as brothers and sisters in the church so uh, tomorrow Andy's going to look at encouraging the faint-hearted uh, but for now I'm just going to pray Heavenly Father we thank you that you are a God of order Lord that you have established order in the world and as your church, Lord, we just pray that we would really uh, desire to see that order, that ordinariness. Lord, uh, help us to uh, fly from disorder, to admonish it when we see it, and to admonish it in ourselves when we see it in ourselves. We thank you for the opportunity we have to, um, to emulate you and, and to reflect your attributes. Just help us to do it by your spirit, we pray. Amen.